I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Let's kick it off with this um, announcement. Fuck, it's so fucking hot in here, guys. Look at me. <laughs> I'm feeling okay. I'm sweating. You know, I'm sweating because I got this hot donut on me, fresh out of the oven. It's so hot and warm. Toasty. Oh, he looks kind of sleepy, toasty little buddy. Oh. He just had a nice little walk. If you want to see my new dog, Donut, you can go to YouTube and check out the podcast there. Um, he is pretty much the handsomest boy you'll, you'll ever see. He beats out all the other as boy the dogs coolest in the thing. world as the handsomest. And I'm sorry, Loki, but it's the truth. Loki's, Loki's the, got that the, dumb... The cool thing. Loki looks like, a, like a, he's got that dumb cuteness. He does. It's yeah. a different category. Uh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I was going to say the cool thing is that I, I'm currently not in the studio with you guys because yes. I am in Quebec on my way to get my own little puppy. And then next week, dude, we just have the full full puppy podcast. I, I think we should just change. We should, guys, we should probably stop talking just be the about podcast? illness. Yeah, and just, just talk about our dogs. dogs. Dude, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's mm-hmm. kinda, yeah, dude, that there's a there's a there's a there's an audience out there for that. That's kind of what happens when you get a dog. You just don't shut the fuck up about it, no. which I'm, I'm already tired of talking about them. God damn it. Um, uh, but what I actually wanted to start this week's episode off was with this. This is. Man, I got to say, I did not like TikTok about two months ago, and it is really growing on me because you see shit like this. Man, y'all should add or follow me. I'm only 20 years old, and I'm I'm half a man. I, I was a full man, but I mean, your, your boy got cut in half with by a by a forklift. So, drop a follow, yo. This is just the beginning. The wrong kid oh, died, dude. Can you imagine crazy? getting chopped in half by a fucking forklift? And then what I'm guessing is like maybe a month out being like, he's pretty chill, hey, pretty fucking chill about it. Chill dude. Like he it. is wearing that half body like a champ. Hey, so, you know what? That's, so you, that's what I hope I would be like if I got, if I got cut in half, I actually, I told you guys this a few, a, a few weeks ago, I ran into uh, one of the docs that was in the, uh, that was in the, the, um, like the emergency trauma room when I got hit. And I hadn't yeah. seen her since then. And I was obviously very high on drugs and stuff when I was in there. And, and she goes, you know what? You were the most, um, you were the most, uh, you were the most chill person who could have possibly been dying. 
that I've ever had in, in the trauma room. <laughs> I just can't believe you remember what she looked like because I don't remember what anybody yeah. fucking looked oh. like when well, she's I. A, she, she's, <laughs> I, I I knew her from before. Uh, oh, from from okay. before, she was a she was a she yeah. was like a an acquaintance. So, but you know what? If anyone would be that, that chill, you, it would be a yoga teacher. Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah it would be. Do, sure. do you do you, do you guys want to know what actually happened to that guy? Because I I looked into that. I went to his YouTube channel. So yeah, bro. I did. Can you can you drop his his, uh, his TikTok handle? Do, do you have it there? Um, it was uh, in the video, but it, it, I, if you are listening, you know, oh, geez, we should say for the people at home, I'll play it one more time here. Um, for the folks at home that can't see this, this young gentleman who's only 20 years old is sitting in a hospital bed, missing one arm up to the elbow, and he has nothing below the waist. Nothing. And, uh, he's just, he's, he looks like a fucking chill ass dude. And this is just the beginning. It also uh, sounds like he might still be on some heavy Sabia opioids. and Lauren, S-A-B-I-A dot and dot Lauren, L-O-R-E-N is his TikTok yeah. handle. So if you're on TikTok and you want to uh, check this guy out, highly suggest he's, 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 uh, his name's Lauren and, and he is on, they have a YouTube channel and, and there's a story where they tell like, it's a 24, 25 minute video and they go into the whole story of what happened to him. And, okay. uh, and it, it's it's really crazy. So he mentioned getting cut in half by a forklift. Um, but dude, what actually happened? So Do you guys want to know the story? Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Okay, so he was. Uh, or should we save it? He, should we save it and have him on the show? I mean, no. You, you tell you tell that story. Have, uh, we should have. Him I'll on give the show. you like I'll give you like the Brian watched a YouTube video about it yeah. version of it, and yeah, then we yeah, should yeah. definitely have him on this the podcast to like tell us the full story. Mm. But basically, what happened was. He was working on a a bridge. They were working for this construction company, and uh, they were a little bit behind schedule. So the bridge wasn't fully made, but what they wanted to do was open up at least one lane on it so they could start using it. Mm -hmm. So they had opened up one lane on this bridge, and they had like a a stoplight that was letting traffic go in one direction. Got you. Yeah. And so it would like alternate. You go one way and then go the other way. And so... um because they had to like barricade off the other lane that they were working on. They had those big orange barriers, you know, the ones that like, they like fill up with water, like a median. Yeah. Like a temporary median. So there was a car that was coming through and it actually hit one of them on one of the ends and knocked it over, knocked it out of place. So, um, this guy, Lauren, Lauren, his, his boss was like, Hey dude, go get the forklift. Um, go pick up that water barricade and put it back. And so he had never been trained how to drive a forklift, but like, he's like this young, like really like great, like high energy guy. And like was really his supervisor, like really took this liking to him. So would ask him to do a lot of things. And so he really trusted him. So he went and picked up the barricade. And at the same time he was picking up the barricade, there was this other car that had like come speeding onto the bridge. And so he was like, Oh fuck, this car doesn't see that I'm here. And so he tried to like speed up and get off the bridge before the car like came and hit him. Mm. And while he was driving the forklift, it's sort of like the car like nudged him and like forced him off the side of the the bridge. And he wasn't like in the middle of the bridge. He was like towards the end. And what happened is the forklift actually started rolling down the hill when he was in it. Oh no. And, And so like apparently in forklift safety training, you're supposed to like if which the he didn't forklifts take, ever which he gonna, didn't take yeah. yeah he he didn't take because right? he didn't have a license so, to drive it. So when the forklift 
started to roll, you're supposed to like stay in the seat. But what he actually tried to do was jump out of it. And as he like stood up to jump out, his foot got caught in the seatbelt. So he like undid the seatbelt and was jumping out. And so the thing first tipped it, like the inertia of it tipping swung him into the side of it, broke his ribs, like just shattered his ribs. Oh God. It did two full flips. And then the top of the forklift landed on his like lower half of his body. And he like kind of got pinned into this dirt pile that was at the bottom of the hill. And it totally shattered everything below or half of yeah. his body and his and his arm and so he got pinned into this dirt pile and of course like they number one there's a fucking massive heavy forklift on him and they can't they like they need to go and get another piece of equipment to move it off but also they can't move it until like medical personnel get there because there's like a risk and i guess this is like common practice uh on construction sites that if like anything ever happens to you like if there's some sort of like mishap where you like any part of your body gets crushed. They have to leave you in the position that you're in. Yeah. So that like, well, dude, I mean, if they, if they go to take it off him, I'm, I'm imagining, let's say like six burly construction dudes run down and they like lift it up enough. And then Mm -hmm. one guy drags him out wearing torn jeans, wearing wearing torn jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Cutoffs for sure. And like, like a rolled up pack of cigarettes in their sleep. Um, and all hot, like super hot, (laughs) super hot sweaty, and sweaty. And, um, and like Like a little bit, a little bit of dirt on the face Mm -hmm. and huge cocks. And so they run down and they lift it up and then they pull him out. If they pull him out, I mean, I'm, I'd imagine that like, that's a bleed out situation. Like you're, you're, well, there's, so, so one thing we too, definitely don't have to like have eventually anymore. Just yeah, but <laughs> eventually yeah, when him. he got to the hospital, um, they so he he was conscious the entire time. And so, guys, this is a crazy fact that um, a fact. This is a crazy thing that I took away from the YouTube video that he doesn't say explicitly, but he mentioned that he got airlifted to the the hospital in Seattle. Uh, so he's yeah. from not he's not from Seattle. It's sort of close by there, but he was at this one hospital and then they actually took him to this hospital in Seattle after because the hospital he was initially taken to, they don't have a cut. He wasn't division. sure if they could keep him. And, and he yeah. said, and he said when it's the cut. helicopter dropped him off, the one thing that he hated the most was how much they, they said the word told Adam, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny though. Is they that, told is me I wasn't going to walk again. The hospital that he was taken to in Seattle is actually the um, one that is, is, if you say Grey's Anatomy, I'm, I'm going yeah. to hang Dude, up on you. Yeah. I'm going to cut you out. I'm going to cut you out of the show. It's the inspiration for Grey Sloan uh, Memorial Hospital oh, in sakes. Grey's Anatomy. So they're one thousand percent going to do a Grey's Anatomy episode about this for sure. They have to do. Is it. that he what they do? They just like they just do, do the do the writers of Grey's Anatomy just go to the inst- the the inspired by hospital and just go, yo, what happened? What happened? <laughs> What's here? happened yeah. recently here? Yeah. Yeah. Give us, like, I think they look for any like any like good like medical story to uh, to write. They do what they do what we but, do, and then they well, just man, write. Then they just write like the, love hospital dramas. Well, I was gonna the say, I, I hope wanna... they start like listening to our Feel Good Friday episodes for you know some for, ace for, yeah, for medical content. Yeah. Well, the thing that I really wanted I wanted to have him on to talk more about is is he had so they they had first amputated. Um, one leg from just below the hip and then the other one from like mid femur. And um, they actually had to make the choice because the tissue was still dying up to his hip. So the operation that he had done is called, I think it's a hemicorporectomy, which is Whoa. an amputation below the belly button. So like 
like the bottom half of your body. Yeah. Oh, no and wiener. so his, his mom was his power of attorney and she had to like, she was sort of like in this position where she had to decide if like they were going to do this operation or not. Wow. And apparently she was like really struggling with <clears> like, <throat> fuck, like I have to say yes or no. And if I say yes, he goes in and gets this operation. And he dies in the surgery then I'm going to carry that guilt with me. Yeah, but if you if say, say no, no, what the fuck? Like, And he doesn't, then... Yeah. Right? So, like, if he dies because, because she of that. says no, yeah. then, like, so... So, um, anyway, they they were advocate... His sister was there advocating for him to be woken up from his induced coma to make the decision himself. Don't, okay, crazy. don't say oh, anything else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's I'll, let's I'll save it. it. That. Let's save it. That. If we do have him on the show, yeah. can... I mean, he seems super chill. Do you think? Do you think he would be okay if we rewatched the scene in Dewey Cox when <laughs> when they when they when he, the, the brothers the brother chops his, yeah. his other brother in half? Uh, the crazy thing about that though, like, is that so? You know, I, I worked at a carpet warehouse for for about a year when I was in high school, and when I got there, they were like, "You ever drive a forklift?" And I was like, "Nope." And they were like, "All right, you do now." And they just like tossed me in it. I'm not no, going really. to say which carpet warehouse it is because I'm sure that would get uh, them in trouble. Dude, they'd be canceled tomorrow. Uh, yeah, they would be. Um, but, uh, you know, like that shit fucking happens all over the place. It reminds me. Uh, let's see if I can play this here. I, I kind of whipped it up. I don't know if it'll work. It reminds me of. Um, it reminds me of this. Hey, Jim, oh, no. Take care. This is a legit commercial. This was no accident. The company knows it's against cold to store that much weight up there. I knew I should have been focused on what I was doing. And it's obvious the supervisor report that broken Holy fuck. There really are no accidents. I mean, dude, like prevented.ca, we're putting out the fucking gnarliest of gnar. Who doesn't like workplace safety commercials are Really, some of the best internet content out there. If you want to get, if you want to get scared shit, I mean, like you, you know, I, I, you know, I wonder, like, I wonder if, um, if Lauren, like, if he saw something like that, if that would have like changed the way that he would show up to work. But when you're in that situation, it's like if someone, if your superior says, like, go do this thing, you kind of just fucking do it. Like, it's not like you. And also, driving forklift is so fun, you know. Like, it's not like you're really expecting that to happen. There's but, just a big know. difference between between sitting, between being outside of a situation and theorizing yeah. about how you would, yeah. what you would do, and how you would handle it, and yeah. then being in it, and someone being mm-hmm. like, "I mean, dude, we see that shit with, um, we see that shit all the time with, uh, with just like COVID stuff, and how yeah. you would, you know, when you, if you go, oh, I'm going to make a, you know, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna hug people or. Uh, whatever. And then you, and then you see a friend that has like no idea that, you know, what you are, you know, if you, that you don't want to be hugging people, for example, and, uh, and, and they just go in for a hug and, and you just go, Oh, okay, well, Can't do that. I'll, I'll give them. Yeah. But, you shouldn't be doing that. But they, like but, the, but, the, the but, key is, but you compromise, but then you then compromise yes, because what, you, because you're going to put in a, yeah. an awkward situation. I mean, I, I, there's one guy that I've run into the city like five times now. And I don't know him very well, but like we've, we've, I'm, he's like a festival goer. So like I know him through that scene. You guys like to make out when you and, see each other. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I see him, he's like, are you doing hugs? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, I am. For you, I am. Let's do it. And it's like, it's very, it's, so if you're out there and you love giving hugs, 
ask. You should. I mean, that should you should be doing that anyway. But um, especially now, it's COVID. Uh, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of COVID, um, the Who, not the band, mm-hmm. uh, says mm-hmm. countries should not order mm-hmm. COVID nineteen boosters while still well while others still need vaccines. This is coming from Reuters. 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 <laughs> we all we all, I just all wanna, three just of us point out that we time. all knew how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Jeremy. <laughs> Fuck! Um, Reuters, Reuters, you idiot. <laughs> it's, a German, it's, it's a German publication. Reuters for that was a good, sure. That was a good joke. <laughs> uh, coming out of Geneva, uh, rich countries should not be ordering booster shots for the vaccine vaccinated populations, while other countries have yet to receive COVID nineteen vaccines. The World Health Organization said on Monday. Who director general Tedros Adhanom, I'm not even, I can't, I can't. Gabriel says deaths were against, were again rising from the COVID-19 pandemic. The Delta variant was becoming dominant and many countries had yet to receive enough vaccine doses to protect their health work, health workers. I mean, this is something we covered on the show um, mm. with our friend um, uh, Ananya. Uh, just, I believe just, this week, last week, last week, he goes on to quote, he's quoted saying the Delta variant is ripping around the world at a scorching pace, driving a new spike in COVID-19 cases and deaths. Tedros told a briefing, uh, told a, a briefing, noting that the highly contagious variant first detected in India had now been found in more than 104 countries. Quote, the global gap in COVID-19 vaccine supply is hugely uneven as we had talked about on the show last week, and inequitable. Some countries and regions are actually ordering millions of booster doses before other countries have had yet have had supplies to vaccinate their health workers and most vulnerable, said Tedros. He singled out vaccine makers Pfizer and Moderna as companies that were aiming to provide booster shots in countries where there were already high levels of vaccination. Tedros said they should instead direct their doses to COVAX the vaccine sharing program, mainly for middle income and poorer countries. The WHO's chief scientist, Soimya Nathan, said that the global health body had so far not seen evidence showing that booster shots were necessary for those who have had received a full course of vaccine. While boosters may be necessary one day, there was no evidence that they were needed yet. They're doing it in Israel now. They uh, that I just read that this morning. They're that doing, they're, they're doing boosters. They've ordered uh, they've ordered boosters specifically for um, a classification of person who is a high risk immuno uh, immune system stuff. So okay. like they they're reserving um, third dose boosters <clears throat> for for those specific people. Um, I, I also, I read an article in the times recently that, um, to protect people that are vaccinated, but are vulnerable, um, that people are starting to triple up and sometimes quadruple up in the United States on COVID doses because they're, Whoa. Do they show that there's like, did it, does it, has it shown that doing that increase further increases your immunity? Uh, I'm not sure to be know. honest. I don't remember. That would be interesting to <laughs> but know. I um, do know people I, are getting. I'm, I'm wondering, doses. like, people are like, "Give me ten. Are these <laughs> are these booster doses? This are are they? Is the idea that it is the same? Like, if I got my booster shot, would it be the same as the Moderna shot that I got or the Pfizer shot that I got within the last two yeah, months? I don't know. I don't know. That'd be interesting. There, Maybe I'll. I know that they were. They were testing. Were, I thought there, was, like in a couple weeks ago, there was news about testing for boosters. But like, I'm still not clear on like how 
early you would want to get a booster shot anyway because it was they not really do. sure like how long it would, would look, look into look, look would be into uh, look up look up what Israel's doing because they're the they're the mm. they're the they're they're on the they're leading that third dose right. charge because I believe CDC FDA and the WHO are all saying as of right now right. booster shots are very much like we don't really know if they're necessary how necessary they are yeah. if they are and that sort of thing. Um, it sounded like from what I was reading about what's going what they're doing in Israel, it sounded like the booster shot was different from the, from the, uh, from the first or second dose because, um, oh, did my camera just shut off because, uh, they, they were, they were talking about it in terms of being in trot in trials. So I don't know if they're just tri- mm. trialing, if they mean, Hey, we're trialing a third dose of the same medication to see how people react to it and whatnot, or if it means, you know, we are, uh, or, or, or if it means, Hey, we're, we're, we're working on a, this is a completely new shot or not a completely new shot, but like a different, you know, recipe or variation of, of the same thing. And we're right. seeing how people react to it. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I like, I, I don't know. One of the questions that I would have about it is, is like with, so I heard also a couple of days ago that, um, there's two, potentially two variants now in the, in the States that Ooh. seem to be, um, um, affecting people, infecting people with COVID, uh, that have, have had two doses of the vaccine. Right. And it's my understanding that like with, you know, I like my only reference is the flu shot. But when I think of the flu shot, like the flu shot that was given out this past year, I think is different than like the flu shot mm. that was, would have been given out 10 years ago. Yeah. There's slight, like, mm-hmm. I think there's mm-hmm. slight, like modifications. Well, sometimes those it. well if, year, if you're somebody yeah. out there who's yeah. listening, who knows this sort of thing, uh, drop a little note in the comments below. Let us know. We'd love to hear it on YouTube. And if not, uh, you can send us a little message at, uh, letters at sickboypodcast.com. Uh, continuing on with this Ryu tears, uh, article, Mike Ryan, head of the who's emergency (laughs) program said right now we are condemning hundreds of millions of people to having no protection. We will look back in anger and we will look back in shame. If countries use uh, precious doses on booster shots at a time where vulnerable people are still dying without vaccines elsewhere. Ryan Mm -hmm. said, uh, these are people who want to have their cake and eat it. And then they want to make some more cake and eat that too, he said. Uh, a bunch of gluttonous <laughs> fat fuckers that just can't get enough cake. Um, I mean, it really is. Like, we, well, we were talking about it with Ananya, and um, you know, I, I made, uh, and I referenced it in the conversation with Ananya. I made a video, you know, a few months, a handful of months ago now that hasn't come out yet. But, like, unfortunately, the conjecture and speculation that I made in that video about Kovacs and basically like what might happen if we really don't put any emphasis Mm. on lower income countries getting vaccinations has sadly turned out to be exactly the reality that we're living in now. And, uh, and that video will be coming out soon, but, um, but it kind of, it, it hurts that I, it hurts that I did that. I, I, I made that video and, and that is the situation we find ourselves yeah. in instead of, I would have much rather yeah. been like, Oh, it, it actually went way differently. Yeah. You know, COVAX really, you know, countries stepped up to the plate with COVAX companies and corporations that are donating to the effort stepped up to the plate and more of these lower income countries because they mm. just get 
left behind in a world where they were already behind. Yeah. And, and countries are, you know, when countries are, their economies are kickstarting again and Mm -hmm. things are getting back to quote unquote normal. And like we, like we chatted with, with Ananya, you know, these, some, some of these countries are facing, you know, if everything continued on the track that it is now, they could be facing like a three to five year, uh, hole that they have to dig yeah. themselves mm-hmm. out of when when countries like Canada and the US are are are, are almost out of them completely. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's really um, it, it is just, it is a I, bummer. Can I, for sure. can I can I just add like with can you just stay focused on Taylor for a second too? Like Taylor, you're so fucking cool. Like Thanks, that man. Bali vibes shirt. Thanks, and like and like and like not only like how cool you fucking look, but how smart you are at the same time. Oh like dude. I'm I'm like I'm kind of like that's so nice of you. I'm just uh I'm having like a okay. a fanboy moment here. I just all right. Yeah, you're fucking sweet, Thanks. dude. I love you. Hey, yeah. I love <laughs> I love you. I I was kind of waiting for the kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop on that one, but it, it never it never, no, there's it never nothing did. Else. That's so nice. I, mean, I really cool thought I really hey. thought you were fucking with him, and uh, you just no, it wasn't. Clear, I just think you, hey, you're fucking cool and smart, and I'm happy to be your friend. Wow. Uh, Jared, can you just I'm can married, you just, uh, so. Can you just uh, can you just show us your dog for a second? Um, he's uh, he's asleep under Taylor right now. He is panting um, heavily. Yeah, he's a he's a hot he's a hot boy hot dog. <laughs> um, uh, so moving right along here, uh, this is kind of fun, kind of interesting, kind of relevant. Um, with Bird and Bee, female founders help consumers identify and address fertility issues. Bird and Bee is the name of the company. So uh, Brianna Hughes, fertility. Uh, Brianna Hughes's fertility problems started about five years ago after the Toronto technology producer specialist went off birth control at the age of 32. Her period didn't return for months, four years for, uh, for years. She struggled to conceive while healthcare professionals didn't consider her situation abnormal for years, for years. Uh, but when she and her husband were finally referred to a fertility specialist, Miss Hughes was told it was too late. Because of undi- uh, unaddressed fertility issues, she had no choice but to attempt in vitro fertilization, also known as IVF, which is a lengthy and uh, uh, very expensive procedure. Quote, I look back and think that was a, a loss of time, she said. Frustrated, Mrs. Hughes co-founded the Bird and Bee Co. in 2019 to help others identify and address fertility concerns early on through ovarian and sperm tests, plus personalized supplements. On Tuesday, the e-commerce company will announce it has raised $2.2 million to launch new products, expand production, and grow its team of 11. It joined the burgeoning femtech space, which targets the needs of women and girls. And this sector has been uh, something that's seen quite an increase in activity in the recent years with businesses such as the Toronto-based apparel company Nick's Wear Inc., which is um, uh, Nick's like period-specific uh, underwear, um, mm-hmm. and also Bumble Inc., which is a female-focused dating website, making headlines for raising sixty million U.S. dollars in funding and reaching a an eight billion dollar U.S. valuation, respectively. Remember when we went to the Bumble party in Texas, in Austin? <laughs> yeah, dude, that was <clears throat> oh man, that was fun, awesome. Was um, it like only women could walk so up to people and fun. start a conversation? <laughs> nah. Uh, <laughs> was it a Sally Hawkins dance? There were it, the 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 man to female the male to female ratio um, seemed quite 
uh, staggering. There was a lot of there were a lot of ladies there. And they, and we were they were all there. We were all there to see uh, Haim, the lovely uh, band trio band of sisters that oh, are sick. just. So yeah, it's so pretty hard. Yeah. They're the best, man. Um, the They're global so fertility good. market, considered a subset of the femtech category, had an estimated value of $33.1 billion in 2020, with growth expected to reach nearly $47.9 billion by 2030, according to a 2021 study, uh, which is interesting considering this whole, you know, we talked about fertility not too long ago about uh, the, this notion that like we are seeing, we're seeing sperm counts plummet um, because of these like forever plastics. And, and according to one of the researchers there that's trying to really push that, that information out there that uh, we're, we could be looking at a, an existential threat by the year 2045 where we are basically at uh, 0% fertility rate. Um, <clears throat> it's easy to see why. Do you guys want to play a quick game where we grab the nearest forever plastic to us and just uh, our favorite one that's nearest to us and just talk about why it's our favorite forever plastic? Sure. Uh, do you want to do it in this, three uh, seconds? You do a little countdown? Yeah. I just found this uh, yellow um, pen. You got three seconds. Two, one. This is nice because of the color, the way that they colored this forever plastic. <laughs> I, I like... Jerry, what do you... I have, uh, I have Taylor, a dog here named Donut, and uh, he's wearing a collar. <laughs> He looks fucking fake. He's got it's a collar so here. See the collar? That's got some forever plastics on it. But but he smells so good. Mm. Um, <laughs> Just holding him up so his hands do that thing again. Oh, he's got cute paws. <laughs> oh my god, don't it? You're so cute. <laughs> Say hello to the world. I can't. Say hello to I the can't. world, buddy. Please put me down. Please put me down. I've got Taylor, two, what do you got? I've got two items. Um I've got one is the cap on my water bottle, um, which this forever plastic prevents me from creating more forever plastics. So I just have one, oh, for, that's a good I just have one plastic. forever plastic instead of many forever plastics from the bottle store. Lauren, what do you got? Cheers. To uh, that. I feel like maybe my phone case. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I plus it's like in your clothes and it's in our phones and it's in our microphones and it's in our chairs and it's in the tripods that our cameras hold. It's in our cameras. It's in your it's IUDs. In, it's yeah, probably, I was going to say, I yeah. probably have everything. one it's up in literally your, inside up in your me. Hoochie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was actually thinking of like, the reason why I thought of that is because I was looking at our screens and thinking about how many forever plastics I could see all around every us. Every item that everything in this room, it's in your ears, <laughs> it's, everywhere. Uh, it's on your head. Um, so yeah, the, the, the market growing quite rapidly, it's easy to see why, uh, one in six Canadians experience infertility issues. The Canadian Ferti- uh, fertility and andrology society reports. Meanwhile, 15 to 20% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. That is a guys, 15 to 20% end in miscarriage. That is a huge, huge fucking percentage. I will say that I might remember- be normal though. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, you know well, that's that's like I wonder. It, I wonder. I so don't know. we ha- we I remember we ha- when we talked about miscarriages like I don't know three or like three or four years ago. One mm. of the stats that stuck with me was one in four, between one and four and one in five pregnancies end in miscarriage. And we were talking about how we don't talk. We don't talk like about you're, it. Um, you're told not to <clears throat> say you're pregnant or announce you're pregnant mm. publicly until after the first trimester because. It's so common to lose yeah. a pregnancy in yeah. that first trimester. I mean, someone we know, someone, a, a couple here in Halifax, uh, 
<clears throat> sort of a famous couple, Ali and Sam, they just announced on their Instagram the other day that they just they just recently had a miscarriage. And I'm, I was really I was really sad, obviously, to see that post, but also it was very, fi- it was, very but they were, happy they were to doing... see that post because they were bringing a lot of aware- awareness to something that needs to be talked about. It, they were doing IVF <clears throat> and had a failed embry- embryo transfer. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, sure. Yeah. Which is effectively... A little bit different. I, guess. I mean, effectively, but also like a, a bit different, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, uh, the article, uh, which is out of the Globe Mail, goes on to say, Burden B co-founder Samantha Diamond, <clears throat> who has a background in public relations, also experienced fertility issues. So both of them have. Uh, diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome, a hormonal disorder where ovaries may fail to regularly release eggs. Miss Diamond said it was only because she found out early... <clears throat> that she was able to find intervention and care and have a child without additional medical assistance. The women, the women's own struggle helped catch the eye of investors. BAM Ventures in Los Angeles, an early stage venture fund that focuses on health and wellness products, led the seed investment for Burden B. Managing director Brian Lee said he was attracted to the startup because of the market demand and the mission-driven founders. He went on to say, quote, I don't know a single person who doesn't know someone who had a tough time conceiving, he said. The company was born out of their own pain points uh, for, from when they were going through their own fertility journey, j- journeys. So launching Tuesday, which is today as we're recording this, uh, Burden B personal, personalized supplements for women and men will be manufactured at a pharmacy in Vaughan, Ontario. Each customer's specific formulation is created according to an online survey that they fill out. The supplements will be available in individual packs as a bundle or as a monthly subscription. Quote, what's currently on the market is very much one size fits all uh, prenatal. But then you have to buy all these additional vitamins and minerals to get comprehensive support, Miss Diamond said. Quote, I literally have a box of 20 something bottles. It's a full time job keeping track of them when I'm running out and when I need to replenish them. Uh, this coming fall, Burden B will offer inexpensive at-home pregnancy tests, ovarian fertility tests, sperm quality tests, and a patented follicle-stimulating hormone test, which can help identify a shortage of eggs. The company worked with Dr. Dan Nayot, a reproductive endocrinologist who serves as a chief medical advisor to create the products. He is also the medical director of the Fertility Partners, Canada's largest IVF network. So they, they've got they've got quite a team. At this point, we're them. probably at this point we're probably legally obligated to say that we're sponsored by them now, or, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. what? It sounds like that, doesn't it? Um, uh, very stoked for for them and the work that they're doing, though, because that's you know it's yeah it's it's a fucking tough it's a tough issue, and um, obviously one that that there's a demand for a little bit more innovation and like accessibility and customization for for the individuals who need the help, you know. Um, so Burden B, uh, if you're looking to if you're looking to get uh, knocked up, check them out. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. 
Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. All right. It's sweet to hear about anybody who's innovating in like the in like the women's health space too because yeah. like I feel like yeah. we've been talking about this a lot lately on mm. the podcast how you know how how um women's health has just not been a priority mm. over the course of like <laughs> forever. Yeah. So yeah. to I'm also to hear taking a look at their website. Is... Would you find Lo? Oh, I was just taking a look through their website and um <clears throat> One thing that uh, stands out to me as something that's awesome is that they have a section uh, dedicated to LGBTQ folks that are looking to conceive. So I think that's great that they're building um, inclusive uh, inclusivity um, to different sexual orientations and and gender expressions in uh, in their work. So that's pretty sick. Nice. Yeah. Um, Well, moving right along, are you guys ready for this week's segment of what? What the hell? Is that because you're trying not to scare uh, the puppy? Puppy's yeah. sleeping. Mm. What, the what, what the hell? What the hell? That was a. Uh, that was like a three out of ten. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> um, <laughs> guys, this is a wild one. And actually, so this this article, which came out, uh, is qu- it not <laughs> quite a while quite a while ago? It actually features one of our past guests, um, no Doctor Doctor James Cantor, <laughs> one of our favorite guests. Uh-huh. Uh, also past a uh, Termion alumni. I'm so interested in where this is going now. Oh, this is going somewhere. <laughs> Real interesting. Uh, man who desired to be eaten by a large dominant woman, a baffling case for Toronto psych- psychiatric hospital doctors. So we're getting into like some really interesting psychiatric based fetish that, uh, that was, that was, um, uh, a para, uh, what's the fuck? What is the name? Um, paraphilia. A paraphilia, which is, I believe, a, a a sexual desire that is like problematic, could car- could cause harm or uh, uh, wait, wait, harm. wait. Did so? I know we're gonna go into this, but like desire to be eaten to death, like eat, like like not like just part of him eaten or like fully well, eat. Like I feel like no matter what, you're going to be harmed. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's get into it. We'll find out. The desire to be eaten is among the rarest of fetishes, the black orchard of kink. The psychologist who interviewed Stephen had barely any idea what to ask. This is an article from the National Post uh, from oops, from a number of years ago. Oh, God, Jesus Christ. What the fuck did I just do? <laughs> oh, God, guys. This is this is bad. Bear with me. Bear with me here. Toggled some sort Hi-ya, of... Yikara, ichi, wawa, caramba. Yo. Um, uh, we don't want that. This is a little bit of YouTube fuckery. So if you want to see what that looked like, go check out the podcast on YouTube. Okay. Uh, the man who wished to be eaten seemed quite shy when he walked into a Toronto psychiatric hospital last year asking for help. Steven, as he is called in a new scientific paper, was 45 years old, quote, socially anxious, but pleasant and cooperative, clean, cognate. Casually dressed and not psychotic. Okay. So, you know. Regular. Just a regular dude. Just a <laughs> muggle. Um, uh, 
Just his regular, just, except one. Just regular, except for one, one thing. One small thing. Uh, his problem was an intense desire to be, quote, consumed by a large dominant woman and then defecated by her. Like, like, like she shits him out. Yes. He wanted, he wanted to be turned into a uh, lady's poopy. Wow. That is super specific. <laughs> how does that make you, how does nice. that, how does that make you guys feel? It makes me Curious. feel so super not surprised because the internet exists. Yeah. So I feel like anything exists out there. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me feel more normal because that's what my relationship is like. <laughs> yeah. see, see, they think that it's rare, but they just haven't. They just haven't been on the internet. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, even to the unflappable staff of the sexual behavior clinic, this was baffling. Verarophilia. Verarophilia from the Latin for the lovers, the love of devouring usually shows itself in the dominant desire to eat as in extreme cases like serial killer, Jeffrey Dahmer. So Jeffrey Dahmer was, uh, Vorarophilia. He was Vorarophilic. Vorarophilic. He wanted to eat. A Vorophile. He ate people. He, he ate, people. he ate, he had skulls in his fucking freezer. Um, and he ate a bunch of, he, a bunch of young boys. Uh, the submissive inverse of this, the desire to be eaten, is among the rarest of fetishes, the black orchard of kink. And so the psychologist who interviewed Stephen had barely any idea what to ask him. As he shared his strange secret, though he offered a window into a symptom of mental illness that, to the doctors, seemed to have arisen from, quote, a desire to never again be alone or lonely. So this is where this desire was coming from. He, he wanted to never be alone and so what, how that manifested in his, in his, his, um, kink was that he wanted to be consumed so that he was always with, with, yeah, with someone, someone, um, until they poop him out. Yeah. Then at that point you're, you're, you're really alone. It's, it's, it doesn't get much like, more lonely, then you, but then you become one with the earth. <laughs> then you become, then really, you become a fat bird. <laughs> I bet he really wanted to. <laughs> I bet he really wanted to. The the psychologist uh, really wanted to dig into like why the defecation part then, because like the eating part then like kind of <clears throat> makes sense, but then like the defecation part it's kind of confusing because like, well, it's all part of the process. Do you really it's, I mean, be a fat part. It's all part part of the process. Like fetishes, you know, it's like people who are very vanilla and not, and don't have like a fetish or a kink have a hard time wrapping their heads around any fetish or, or kink because it's like, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why would you want to, why would you want to be spit on? Like that just seems degrading or weird. But then the people who want to be spit on are like, well, because it makes me feel good. Like that's why it fucking makes me, yeah. makes yeah. me raw curd. Um, uh, so uh, uh, James Cantor went on to say, quote, he had no obvious wish to die. Reads the report in a current issue of Archives of Sexual Behavior by James Cantor, a leading psychologist of sexual disorders at Toronto's Center for Addiction and Mental Health. He is no longer there. That's not what he does anymore. He has a private practice. Um, and Amy Link, Link, Lickus, Lincolns, Lickens, learn how to read, uh, who did the interview. Quote, rather, he reported the desire to be taken in by someone then to be, and then to be exp expelled. Studies of this sort are as rare as the subject, because I'm guessing there's not a lot of people out there that have, the, have this desire. Despite a long history of cultural intersection, only a handful of psychiatric cases, uh, case studies focus on the relationship between sex and food, and vorerophilia uh, barely receives mention, the authors write. It is a hunger that is not usually sated. 
quote, due to physical and or legal restraints. They write, sometimes, though, these restraints are not strong enough. Uh, Prior to two recent American prosecutions of would-be cannibals, the closest approximation to vorerphilia in the real world, they write, as the case of Armin Mewes, uh, a German computer programmer who in 2002 killed and ate at least 20 kilograms of flesh from the body of uh, burned brandies, a man who strangely had consented to it. So that's a pretty famous case. Yep. Guy came over. He We've wanted, about right, that. He wanted yeah, to have yeah, his yeah. dick eaten. And then, uh, and then uh, of course, the rest of him, he wanted to eat his dick with the guy and then the rest of them be eaten. Um, and that happened. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, this was the culmination of uh, Muse lifelong fetish that had previously been expressed in role-playing, which was a common outlet for vererophilia, both for aspiring cannibals and for those who would be their feast. For example, the, the, for example, the paper describes the case of Turkey Man, a traveling businessman who regularly hired a dominatrix to meet him in his hotel room to cook him in a cardboard oven. Uh, other outlets. Now, this is that's really interesting because I actually I like that. That sounds that sounds kind of fun. I've heard this from you before, Jer. One of the earliest uh, <laughs> podcasts of Turn Me On podcasts, we spoke with a sex worker. Um, she actually just recently passed away and, and she, she had a lot of friends here in Halifax and uh, is very sad, but she, she, uh, told us a story about a guy that wanted to, to, that was his exact kink. He wanted to be cooked. So she would like prep him, baste him, wrap him in tin foil, put parsley on. Yeah, him, I remember like, listening to that. Get him, <laughs> get him ready to be cooked in the oven. And then, and then, but then that's where it would end. She wouldn't, she would, she didn't actually cook him. At least that's what she said. Um, <laughs> I'm sure if she Legally actually did she cook him she and told us um, <laughs> other outlets include fantasy writing and cartoons in which the consumer is frequently uh, a humanoid animal often a wolf, cat, dragon or snake a common theme is that the victim wishes to be swallowed whole not damaged by chewing and the story often focuses on the result the resulting full belly which looks almost pregnant this link to birth is also thought to be a psychological, psychologically significant and related to other unusual desires such as unbirthing, the act of physically returning to the womb. Stephen's desire to be eaten fits into this wish to be unborn, the authors suggest, but because both represent the, quote, total destruction of being and personhood in a permanent physical union. Expulsion also figured importantly into Stephen's desires. Quote, he often fantasized about being feces or semen and being expelled by a person, the report reads. Curiously, given all oh. this, Stephen was mostly worried he was gay. The doctors explained that, as far as they could tell, based on several tests, he was not, despite some sexual desires involving men. Quote, persons with paraphilic interests often report sexual arousal to both sexes in the context of their paraphilic fantasies, they write. They also expressed skepticism about his claims that on several occasions at a library, he, quote, crawled under tables without the woman's knowledge so that he could smell her feet. Interesting that they were skeptic- skeptical about that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, if someone's telling you that. That seems pretty, that seems like pretty, pretty run of the mill stuff for somebody he's who like, wants to be. I see that shit like, at the library every <laughs> fucking week, dude. He's like, Hey, listen, listen, Doc. I swear to God, I really want to be eaten and then pooped out. And by the way, I also go I under also library tables and smell feet. And they're like, 
shit, no way. There's no way you actually no go under library that. tables. But we believe you about the whole want to become <laughs> and shot out of someone. We but believe also, that. But also, can we talk about how this guy's worst fear is that he's gay? Like that's yeah. so sad to me that yeah. it, that his that he has such internalized yeah. homophobia. I guess well, or just that he's homophobic. No, no, I don't. I don't think it's. Way. I don't think it's that. I think again, it's because it, they, they don't it say anything be, about that. No, 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 no. I, 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 w- I don't say that. I don't think that that's necessarily so why the case. would why else? No, why else would you be afraid of well, being? Yeah. It's not. It's not. He's afraid that he's gay. It's. It's that. Okay, so think about it this way. Again, based off... I thought it said his biggest fear was that he was gay. No, no, no. I I don't think it meant he's fearful of being gay. I think what's happening here is is, he's feeling really confused because he's going, I I don't identify as gay, but I fucking think I might be because I want to be eaten by men as well as women. And so I'm having these like sexual desires focus on both sexes. So does that mean I'm gay? I like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And they're saying, no, like we can tell that you're not gay, but your paraphilia is so strong that you don't give a fuck what the gender or the person is. You don't give a shit who's behind the, the act. You're just so horny to be eaten and turned into poo poo that it could be Mm -hmm. any sex. And for him, that's really confusing because he's like, I never thought I was gay, but now I fucking think I am gay because I'm having these thoughts about guys. But they're going, well, do you jerk off to men? Do you do you like does the idea of having sex with men it, it turn you on? And, and if he's going, no, 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 that's no, why they're saying to him, unless they're eating me, we don't think you're gay. Yeah. What I think is really interesting yeah, but, about this whole about this whole thing is um, <clears throat> um, is that he at the very beginning, he said that he 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 walked in, he. He, he went to them. He, he went to them because yeah. he recognized that this is like something that needs to be abnormal, abnormal, and and which which leads you to believe that this has to be far more common than we know. <clears throat> because for for listeners who don't know, J, J, the the person who we mentioned in this article, James, Dr. James Cantor, we had J, Dr. Cantor on the show like way back in the early days of the podcast, mm. and the subject of the of the of the episode was very controversial because uh, he was talking to us about, about the basically like the psychology of pedophilia mm-hmm. and, and there was like a really, there was a really hard block to get around in that conversation because we, because our association with pedophilia in society is so, so, so intensely strong, mm. strongly against pedophilia. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and he, and something that he was trying to convey to us was, yes, it is horrible, but most of the people who are pedophiles, meaning that they're attracted to, Mm -hmm. to, to, to people under a certain age, they know that that's horrible and they never act on it and they, they, and they seek help for it. Um, well, they can't, but they, or, or but they, they or, can't, but they, but they can't yeah. because, but, oh, but, but yeah. he was saying that, that like he, 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 he used a really high number, like 85 or 90% or more of people who, who are pedophilic don't, don't ever, they, they don't ever, they, they don't ever abuse anybody or anybody like that. Cause they, they're very well aware that what they, what, what they are attracted to is wrong socially. Yeah. And just like this guy, so this guy in this case obviously knows he walks into a psychiatric hospital because he goes, yo, what I want is to be consumed is not okay. Yeah. And I know it, but I want it 
Yeah. And I, and I know I need help. I need, yeah. I need to and get help. My guess is that he, you know, again, with the, the nods to the past prosecutions of, of wannabe and be cannibals um, in the past, you know, he probably was starting to feel some things that made him realize this could go down a path that could lead to some harm. And, and, you know, obviously he was seeking help for that. Um, when he was yeah. examined, Stephen's libido seemed to have decreased due to depression, but the doctors anticipated it would return if the depression was eased. There is no known treatment f- to change such abnormal desires to, into normal ones, however. So their recommendation was their recommendation their recommendation was treatment to quote help him adjust to rather than change or suppress his sexual interests. Failing that, they would have prescribed medication to lower his sex drive. As it happened, though, Stephen did not return to the clinic and his fate is not known. So, you know, they were they were looking at this going like, look, dude, you have these desires. They run deep. We can't change that, but we can we can maybe find outlets for you in ways that are much healthier than the alternative, which is like getting on some dark web website and finding a cannibal who's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. sure. Come on over and we can cook your dick and eat it and then I'll eat the rest of you. You know, I mean, that's the I mean, that that is like. <clears throat> that again, it's, just, it's same crossroads as the, as the, the, the pedophile conversation that we had with James Cantor, like the crossroad of like this, this sexual desire with legal ramifications mm-hmm. and the, and the lack of resources that someone runs into when they realize that what they want is not okay mm-hmm. and they can't access, there's really not much that you can do because because like they described that this is like the rarest of the rare. Yeah. And so yeah. like, because there's not a lot of people that are coming to psychiatric facilities going, you know, study me and, uh, you know, make me your lab rat to figure out what's going on and how to treat something mm. like this so that people, you know, other people who deal with yeah. this can be, can be treated better. Or even so you end like up getting with like, like in, like James Cantor was saying about pedophiles specifically, like if they could come forward and say, Hey, I'm attracted to children and they could, they could receive like libido inhibitors or some type of medication, like, like, like medical castration or something like that, then they, well, they were trying to steer to, away from medical castration. Cause that's, that's the, but, that's the inhumane treatment that is being used. And so Cantor's whole thing is, but we but can they find, can't even, they can't even come forward and talk about it at this point, right? Because it's, well, yeah, it's illegal, I right? mean, if right. you, if you came forward and said that, which makes those people, uh, gonna, which makes those people more likely to you're abuse, looking, you're to looking abuse to, somebody, you're looking to get castrated. If you right. come forward and say something like and that. it makes, and, and it makes it like, right, it right. makes somebody but like, like outside this guy, of the, Steven to outside come of, forward and say something because yeah, outside you know, of the, the pedophile, the, the pedophile, um, I can just hear the people fucking turning the podcast off right now outside of the, uh, like, <laughs> and, and I can hear, I can hear the producers at CBC being like, why the fuck did we, why is this podcast on our show? Um, it's, it's an important, uh, it's an important, it is, really it is, it is, it is, it is. I know, I know, I know. But uh, moving away from that, um, an- another example of something like this within this realm would be like someone who is someone who identifies as necrophilic, right? And so someone who's like, I, I, that what turns me on is the idea of having sex with a dead body. You can't do that. That's desecrating a body. That's like indecency with a, with a corpse. Like that's illegal. But there are ways to, satiate that desire and that need that you can do safely with a consenting partner. If they are, if they don't feel too weirded out to like go to that space with you. 
Um, Do you mean to like pretend to be dead? Yeah. So like I, I've, yeah. I've heard, I've, I have heard some very interesting tales of someone that, uh, that someone I know knows somebody who is into that. A and friend of a friend. A friend of a friend yeah. of a friend. Uh, and their, what, and their partner is, their partner is very much in love with them and they don't share the same desire. Um, but to, to show up for their partner in the way that they, that their partner feels like they need. Uh, one of the things that they do is like the partner who is, who is plays the dead body. Um, you know, they get their body very cold. They go out and like stand out in the cold for a while and get, nice and chilly and then come inside and lay very still. And it's like a whole, you know, it's, it's, it's role play. It's like a, it's, they're, they're playing, they're playing out this scene that, that isn't real, but it, it, from what I gathered, it feels real enough that this person Guys, isn't like, okay, cool. That wasn't, that was okay, but it wasn't good, good. enough. I'm going to go hey, to the morgue and see if I can fuck a, a dead body. Honestly, if you're into it, that's cool as fuck. Like sweet. If you're into it and you find ways to do it healthily and where no one gets hurt and that you're not breaking the law and doing stuff that's not okay. I mean, it is. It's crazy. It's, too, it's too wild because adult. it's wild because it is the. It's where it's where like sexuality and kink <clears throat> cross over into really what what we talk about mm. and think about and mm-hmm. and you know speculate on like psychiatry and yeah. um, psychology and how because like all that stuff all that stuff, like things that people are into, there's a, there's like a deep seated connection to something that happened or whether it's, yeah, you know, like I, I I don't mean this is a negative, this is a negative connection, but like, and I don't want to, I don't want to make it like fully negative, but we were already just talking about pedophiles. We were already just talking about pedophiles. So we've gotten, (laughs) we've gotten into negative territory. I remember watching, um, what was the show? What was the a Mind Hunter on Netflix? Yeah, the serial killer show. So, so good. And uh, so good. and he's talking to uh, he's talking to the huge guy with Ed glasses. Gein. Yeah, and he's and he's describing he's describing um, his like his uh, his fascination with feet and um, and he describes like a, a situation when he was super young, like seven or eight years old, and his mom has a friend over. Oh and no, it's she not has, Ed She has red shoes on, um, and it's like Jerry Brudos. For no. whatever for whatever reason, like red shoes and feet are like have a central role in his Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper. No, Ed Kemper was the a, big guy. I, no, the the yeah. shoe guy was Jerry Brudos, though. Oh, oh, was he? Okay, I yeah. mixed them up. So yeah, so I heard I heard the uh, I heard feet feti- foot fetishes though. Um I know that you're talking about the the heel thing too specifically, but I heard foot fesh- fetishes are really common, like very, very, very common because of the um, the location of, um, your, the part in your brain that is, that has the, uh, nerves that connect with your feet is very close or like next to your genitals. And so it's, um, common for those to yeah, either like be switched hmm. or interact with one that's another. That's some bro science, but, so you, but, like, but I, I, I don't not believe you, but I, I would, I would look into that. I'm also skeptical about the weather thing. Hey. Look into look it. into it, dude. Chance <laughs> yeah. chance I, I'm pretty sure. Playing. Pretty sure I saw it on TikTok. Oh, but then it's true. Never mind. It's true. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. Don't, yeah. look, don't look into it. Um, all right, folks. We hope you enjoyed how weird that got. Um, and uh, you know, we started off with some wholesome content, some puppies, cute puppies, and then we ended on getting eaten shit out and pedophiles. So <laughs> you know where to show up if you want to have your Friday 
fucked right up in all the best ways and all the worst ways all at once. And it is right here on YouTube or perhaps Spotify or Apple Podcasts or maybe the CBC Listen app if they continue to support this show. Uh, but after this episode, I can't guarantee anything. Um, and uh, listen, if you're listening on one of those uh, tune-in apps, uh, make sure you're following on Spotify. Leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you've been watching the episode, if you watched a little donut, little sleepy boy donut over there, he's over there. Um, you can check it out on YouTube. And we would love to hear in the comments what your thoughts are on how cute my dog is and how weird you felt in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Donut's going to have a little friend next week. Oh, that's he right. Is. Do he we, uh, and, uh, and, and Loki and him are already friends. So that's, that's they nice. Are. Yeah. Um, Lo, did we have a, did we have a DM or a, or a, or an email from a boomer? Yeah, we sure did. Uh, so our friend Kate wrote in, uh, and said, just finished the FGF episode while out for a walk. Sunglasses emoji. I'm just going to like read out all the emojis because they make this so fun. 100%. I like it. Uh, love how much you all make me laugh so much. Sideways laughing emoji. <laughs> I'll do the sounds for them. <laughs> Here, read it again. Uh, love how much you all make me laugh so much. <laughs> Gen wow. Xer who is double vaxxed. AstraZeneca first. Chills, headache, tired as fuck and achy all over for three days. In the Pfizer second. Sore arm and shoulder in the I can't lift my drink cocktail emoji way. (laughs) Would do it all again if I had to. Bless you, Kate. She wrote, finally on my way uh, to Fredericton from Ontario to see a friend surrounded by hearts emoji. Ooh. Recovering from cancer treatment. Oh, that took a. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but oh, but thanks to everyone who has done their part to stop COVID. All caps. Keep up the amazing work and keep uh, and and wishing you all great health. Said in the J- zany Jeremy, what the health voice? Sideways laughing emoji. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so great. Emojis are emoji, yeah. emojis really are a, a, a new uh, a new language all of their own. But then she finishes uh, no with uh, "That's right, I said zany. I'm that old." Oh yes, zany is a very. I mean, so, very cool. so hold on, that was a DM or the, an email? That was a DM. So wow. you're oh, quite shit. young boomers, at heart, Kate. Boomers in the DM. How old, how old <laughs> is she? Thing? She's eighty. Is that? What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Well, um, she says hip hip hooray. Yeah, that's that's really uh, that's really great. Um, if you have a, <laughs> if you have a uh, something that you'd like to send us, a note that you'd like to send us, um, you know, uh, uh, zoomers to the DMs and boomers to the email at letters at sickboypodcast dot com. And uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, you can do that by going to sickboypodcast dot com slash contact. Fill out the guest form. I'm back in the office today, guys. It feels fucking awesome. Feels Just good. wanted to say that. Good to have you here, man. Good. 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 Thanks, man. Good to see you there. Thanks. Um, And uh, I just want to say a huge thank you to the people who make this show happen. Uh, Thank you so much, Lauren Sankey. You're uh, one of a kind. Chiller McGillery, I love you. You look handsome in that Bali vibe shirt and smart as fuck. Uh, Jer, um, thanks for bringing your dog in. Your dog's super (laughs) cute and, uh, and I love you. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, thanks to Jeff Lonis for the amazing uh, work as a manager that you provide to uh, Rich O'Coin for the theme music. And that is it for today, folks. Brian, you're the apple of my eye. <laughs> you're the, you're the apple. Hey, bring me back in. You're the apple of my eye. Oh, I just gave birth to you. Oh. Birth right, emoji. Folks, that is it for this week. 
<laughs> I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sequoia. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.